Hello and welcome to DFS Coach Talk. Today is 2-2-22. I think that's cool. Won't be able to ever say that again. So it is uh, an easy day to remember, that's for sure. So welcome to DFS Coach Talk. I am Joe Sarvati, affectionately known as Coach. We have a terrific NBA slate tonight. Uh, fantastic games up and down the board. Uh, we have nine games slate, which is right in right in our wheelhouse. So can't wait to go over those with you today. Uh, we are getting ready for a winter storm, which is very unusual here in Texas. Everything's shut down tonight and tomorrow. Supposed to get ice, snow, power outages, all that kind of fun stuff. So let's hope I'll be able to jump on here tomorrow. Uh, if, if not, and we lose power, we'll definitely have somebody else... Uh, jump on in my place, but I'm planning on being here and let's hope that uh, the weather isn't as bad as it's supposed to be. So we'll see how it rolls. All right. Uh, if you want to join us, dfscoachtalk.com is a place to go. Uh, we have as little as a three-day membership only for 10 bucks. If you want to dip your toe in the water there. If you're watching right now on YouTube, please take this chance to hit the thumbs up the subscribe button, leave us a little comment. We'd really, really appreciate that. That combination really helps us move out, uh, move up the algorithm on YouTube. And while you're at it, hit the little bell in the upper corner. That will give you an alert every time one of our podcast posts. Uh, we start a new contest yesterday for the one-week free membership. Um, and we'll be uh, putting that information out on who won the January membership today on Twitter. So uh, if you give us a, a five star and a quick comment, comment on any of the, the site, uh, the podcast landing spots, Spotify, iHeart, uh, I Stitcher, Podbean, uh, you know, Spotify, all of them, uh, we do a drawing at the end of each month for a one week free membership. All right, here we go. Lots to talk about, lots of news. Lots of first and second night of back-to-backs. We got the whole enchilada today. First game, 7 o'clock. It's the Washington Wizards at the Philadelphia 76ers. Philly is favored by 10 and a half. 213 and a half is the total. 101 and a half for the Wizards. Flat 112 for the Philadelphia 76ers. Washington comes in 23 and 27. Philadelphia 31 and 19. Designations today, we know Bradley Beal's going to be out for a few games here minimally, and then Thomas Bryant is doubtful after playing uh, yesterday. It is the second night of a back-to-back -to -back to for Washington, so we have to see how that's going to affect that rotation, and we'll talk about that a little bit uh, later. Philadelphia is on an island game, but they have three guys out, Corkmaz, Milton, and Simmons. So as far as uh, statistically, again, that second night of a back-to-back, -back, uh, a pace of 17th in the league for Washington, 28th for Philly. So a slow pace, hence the, the low total of 213.5. Defensively, Washington not that great at 21. Philly is now a top 10 defense at ninth. So they have crawled their way back into the top 10 uh, on the defensive side of the ball. All right, quick look here at the Washington Wizards. Uh, Spencer Dinwiddie at 5'8". Uh, bad first half yesterday, came on a bit in the second half. Uh, you know, at that price, 
without Beal in there, certainly an option. Uh, I'm not racing to him, but he's an option. Uh, after that, you know, risk with Holiday or Caldwell Pope for sure. We don't know that combination off the bench with Harrell, Hashimura, Avdia, Kispert. They're all getting minutes. And you'll probably see a little bit of uh, Raul Neto as well because uh, Raul Neto uh, could take some of those minutes uh, of Beals also. So there are a lot of combinations there, none that I feel real comfortable with, except for Kuzma. Kuzma's 7-5. I like his price. Uh, you know, not a great matchup having to face Tobias Harris and then uh, Embiid in the middle. But Kuzma at 7-5 would get a little interest. Spencer Dinwiddie a little interest at 5-8, but not my favorite game. Uh, I certainly believe Philadelphia could blow them out. Not predicting a blowout here. It is a double-digit. And I'm just not crazy about uh, this game. And, you know, same reasons go for Philly. Are we going to get full run for Embiid at 12K on a, a night when 18 teams are playing? That's a tough call. Tobias Harris is up to 8-3, which isn't exactly uh, very comfortable. Tyrese Maxey now has jumped up to 7-5 since his big game. So not, you know, running again to pay up for these guys in a game <clears throat> that could be a little lopsided. Uh, Seth Curry's fair at 5-3. Uh, maybe a GPP stab with Matisse Thibel, but very, very inconsistent there. And then, you, you know, you've got your regular Drummonds, Greens, Niangs, Joes, even Bassey got some time uh, the other game when Embiid was out. So this probably is going to be a pass game for me, unfortunately. A one-off possibly with one of the value guys like you know, I would consider Dinwiddie, Kuzma, and Curry as guys that are at least attainable for their price. All right. Game two. It's the Orlando Magic at the Indiana Pacers. Uh, pretty nice total here. It's Indiana minus three and a half, 226 and a half total, 111 and a half for Orlando, and a nice 115 for the Indiana Pacers. Orlando comes in 11 and 41, the Pacers 19 and 33. A lot of guys hurt in this game. It is a who's who. Out for Orlando, MCW, Fultz, Hampton, Isaac, and Moore. For Indiana, we have probable tag on Brissett. These guys are out. Batazzi, Brogdon, McConnell, Sabonis, Turner, and Warren. So, wow, you know, this is where we're going to get Mega value in this game and all kinds of opportunities. It is the second night of a back-to-back -back for Indiana uh, for Orlando. It's an island game for Indiana, so we have to see how that may affect rotations as well. Lots of places you could look here, and I'm definitely going to have some exposure to this game. Uh, as far as pace, you have Orlando 12th, Indiana 22nd, so combining for just a little bit less than average. But defensively is where the struggle is. These two teams are 22nd and 25th, respectively. And I really think they can attack each other in a lot of spots here. Let me start with uh, the Indiana side, because I think Karis Levert at 8-2 is just in such a smash spot here. Um, you know, the last game when they had a lot of guys out, I really focused on Levert and Isaiah Jackson. And Jackson was phenomenal. He really was at a cheap price. Can he replicate that against the two bigs of Orlando? 
at six, uh, Wendell Carter and, and Mo Bamba? That's the question. I mean, is it chasing uh, that great performance or does it make sense? That That's going to be the big question. I do think uh, if O'Shea Brissett plays, which he's supposed to, uh, I believe, didn't we have a, a probable uh, designation on him? Uh, yes. So I think he will play and maybe take a little bit of the sting out of Isaiah Jackson. But, uh, you know, Jackson at 5'4 still has to be considered. He had a really good game. Uh, I do expect some regression there, so he's definitely not a lock and load for me, but I am considering. Uh, after that, it's all about Levert and Duarte for me. Levert at 8-2 is, is worth it, I think. Uh, Duarte at 5-1, also worth it. Those two are going to do the majority, I believe, of the scoring. You'll get some intermittent uh, you know, uh, people jumping in and helping out, a little bit of uh, you know, a couple shots, rebounds, things and that. But I don't know enough if they're going to be able to put together uh, some DFS scores that are going to really impact. And I'm talking about Holiday, Craig, Brissett, Lamb, Washington, Stevenson. Those guys are all getting time. Terry Taylor played some the other day. I think he'll probably uh, have those minutes go to Brissett. But, you know, Carlisle's bizarre like that. He can really play a bunch of different guys out of nowhere. I think the two guys that are safest are Levert and Duarte. On the Orlando side, I like the prices. Uh, Anthony at 6'8", Suggs at 5'8", Wagner at 5'9", Carter at 6'2", and Bomba at 5'4". I, I like all five of those prices, and I like all five of those guys. So very easily, not going to stack. Uh, I don't believe with 18 teams playing and it not being just a dead obvious uh, game where a bunch of guys are out, sometimes you're forced to stack. I don't see that here. I'm going to narrow it down to two of these Orlando guys and maybe come back with two of the Pacers guys. Unless I have the extra salary to work with, I'll go just Levert, if not just Duarte. But this is going to be a key game for me. I think it's a, it sizes up to really be a strong DFS points. There'll be additional possessions. And uh, I'm going to know pretty early on uh, how my squad's going. All right, <clears throat> let's go to game three. It's the Charlotte Hornets and Boston Celtics. Boston minus six, a decent 223.5 total, 108.75 for Charlotte. And we have 114.75 for the Boston Celtics. Hornets come in 28 and 23, Boston 27 and 25. Not very many injuries again. Boston only bowl, bowl out. We've been saying that multiple days in a row. So they have really gotten healthy. Uh, for Charlotte, it looks like uh, Kelly Oubre will play. He's probable. <clears throat> the guys that we do know that are out are Gordon Hayward and Jalen McDaniels. So statistically here, we've got two teams on an island game. Uh, Charlotte, the number one pace in the league. Boston, 25th. So massive pace up game for the Celts, massive pace down game for the Hornets, and that will affect things. Defensively also, Boston fourth and Charlotte 24th. So, you know, that Boston minus six number looks pretty darn good to me. And I think they're going to be able to take advantage of pace, defense, and all of the things that I uh, mentioned there. Does the game stay within double digits? Very well could. Vegas definitely thinks it would. So it brings a lot of Boston players into contention for me. 
Um, I'd prefer, as always, to go with either Brown or Tatum. I generally like to to decide which one has the better matchup and go that way. Um, I believe Rogier's going to guard Brown, so I favor Tatum a little bit more here. Um, the thing is, if Bridges guards Tatum, it's possible. I'm thinking he he may get some play on him. Then I'm going to probably look away from the two big studs and maybe go to a 5-4 Marcus Smart, a 7-2 Robert Williams. Not wanting to go to Al Horford. He's just been so incredibly inconsistent. But um, <clears throat> if there is salary and it works out differently, uh, going to Brown or Tatum can't really go wrong for you here. Um, I do respect Rozier and Bridges' defense, but those two guys in the offense that Boston runs are really pretty unstoppable. Um, on the, the Charlotte side, again, you know, going against a great D and a pace down, I don't want to go all the way up to 9-5 LaMelo Ball. Rozier is, is reasonable at the mid-range 7-3. Cody Martin's going to be your your uh, bonus here at 4-7, you know, since he's taken over that starting position for the injured Gordon Hayward. Um, he's always a decent value play. So uh, we've got a chance there. Miles Bridges, an expensive 8-4, might not be the best matchup for him. Plumley at 5-3 can hold his own, but really don't need to go that far down on a slate like this. So the numbers are great. The matchup is decent, but it's going to be more of a one-off style game for me, for sure. All right, <clears throat> not a great total in this next 730 game. It's the Memphis Grizzlies and New York Knicks. Memphis minus four. It's a 217 total. 110 and a half for Memphis, 106 and a half uh, for the New York Knicks. Memphis comes into this game 35 and 18. The Knicks 24 and 27. Injury designation. Steven Adams questionable. Uh, Dylan Brooks out for the Knicks. D Rose out. So not a whole lot of news there as far as injuries. You're going to get uh, pretty full rosters for both of these teams. From a pace standpoint, Memphis is 11th, Knicks slowest team in the league. So that definitely stings when you're looking to uh, buy up for some of these Memphis guys. Defensively, you've also got two very respectable defenses, 8th and 10th respectively. So two top 10s. Um, concerning for a 217 total. Can you go up to 10-5 jaw? I mean, you can never go wrong with jaw. I just don't think it's the right matchup. There's not going to be enough possess possessions, really, I think, for him to smash his number. Desmond Baines coming off his high for the season uh, at 7-1. I think they're going to have a little bit more difficulty guarding him. Again, with jaw, you can go there because if they start Walker and Fournier in the backcourt, uh, certainly very poor defense for the Knicks backcourt. So there's, you know, you can consider them. I'm not, they're not in my player pool right now just because of the pace and total of this game. After that, uh, you know, if you want to go contrarian and GPP play, Zaire Williams, DeAnthony Melton, those kind of guys off the bench are getting some minutes, but really the focus would be for me, Jaron Jackson at 6'9". Uh, if you want to go cheap at center, Stephen Adams at 5'4 is not the worst play, but definitely not jumping on the Grizz uh, like I normally look uh, to try to get some representation there. I just don't like the matchup here against the Knicks. On the Knicks side, if you want to go dead cheap, 
I know Kimball Walker hasn't been good, but he's 4-6. Should get the start here. Fournier, more of a GPP because he's all scoring at 5-4. R.J. Barrett's number is not bad. It's at 7-1. It's back in a reasonable range. He has had some very good games and some just very average games. So he can be considered Julius Randle's a respectable 9K, just been very inconsistent. And Mitchell Robinson, a 5-3, has had some really good block games. Um, I think if Adams battles him, though, it will keep him in check somewhat on his rebounds. But certainly he can get there with some of uh, Mitch Rob's stocks. So not a great game. Don't like the bench either uh, for the Knicks. So let's move on. We've got an 8 o'clock game, the only one on the schedule. It's the Cleveland Cavaliers at the Houston Rockets. Cleveland's favored by five. It's a 219 and a half total. 112.25 implied for Cleveland. 107.25 uh, for the Houston Rockets. This game, Cleveland comes in 31 and 20. Houston 14 and 36. Injury news here thus far. Garland is out. That's massive new news marking it out. So they're missing two starters. For Houston, they're basically 100%. Garuba and Wall are out. They have not been part of the program anyway. So statistically, if we look at this game from uh, the Cleveland side, they're 26th in pace, Houston's fourth. So good pace up game for these cheap Cleveland Cavaliers with Garland and uh, Markinen out of the lineup. Um Pace down, certainly, for Houston with Cleveland's solid defense. Cleveland's third in the league in defense. Houston, dead last. So this is really where I think a lot of people are going to go for the value on this slate to buy down to two or three of these Cavaliers and then just buy up for everybody else. Chetty Osmond at 4-6 in play. He started the last game at point, basically. I expect he'll do the same thing. Okoro inconsistent at four, Dean Wade at three, one. I mean, you could talk about those guys. They're going to be some usage, but the big news will be with the two bigs, Evan Mobley, seven, four and Jared Allen, seven, seven. So they're mid price guys. I, I could play both of them. I mean, I've thought about possibly playing both of them. Um, You know, I think the game stays close enough with Cleveland's, you know, uh, lack of backcourt options uh, but the only reason I probably won't play both is Kevin Love has taken a, a really good role off the bench. So Mobley, Allen, and Love. Love's all the way up to 7K, though. So I would prefer Mobley and Allen so close to Love's number, but some of the you should split with those three guys uh, just gives me a little pause, but definitely going to consider it. Don't really want to go deeper. Rondo and Goodwin split. The point guard spot, there will be some people wanting to go to one of those two guys. This is an island game for both teams, by the way. And uh, Lamar Stevens got some runs. So really, to me, it's all about Osman, Slim, Slim, Wade, and Mobley and Allen and Love. So definitely some options there. On the Houston side, again, you're going against a pretty tough D here uh, with a, a team that's going to play slow. So Houston, uh, for for Houston, you can look at Porter at 6'6", Jalen Green at 4'5", remains cheap. Eric Gordon, if you can figure out when the heck he's going to play or not play well, 4'4". 
Jay Sean Tate's all the way down to 4-8. Kristen Wood, a very fair 8-9, but he's got to face the, the two bigs from Cleveland, which isn't a great matchup. And I really don't care for uh, that Houston bench uh, at all. So not a great game. I definitely have to dip into some of that Cleveland value. There's there's just no doubt about it. And so I will probably come away with two calves in this game. All right, we move to the 8:30 game. It's the Oklahoma City Thunder, Dallas Mavericks. Dallas, a big 12-point favorite. It's only a 206 and a half total. I don't think I've seen a double-digit favorite with that low of a total very often this year. So definitely not two ends of the coin you want to deal with when you're trying to find all the DFS points you can eat. Uh, the Thunder only have a 97.25 implied total and 109.25 for Dallas. So very ugly in that uh, standpoint. Oklahoma City comes in 15 and 34. Dallas comes in at 29 and 22. Out for the Thunder, SGA, which is the big news. Vit Krejcik out and Isaiah Roby out. For Dallas, Brown, Hardaway, and Kleenex man Porzingis made of tissue paper, Kleenex, and uh, sticky tape. Anyway, he's out again. So that is going to affect things a bit with, you know, Hardaway and Porzingis, two big uh, players for them. It does put the onus on, of course, Doncic, Brunson, uh, as the two key guys with with Maxi also chipping in. But, uh, you know, we'll see how that flows. We'll talk a bit about that payup. But real quickly, this is an island game for both teams. We've got 18th pace Oklahoma City, 24th Dallas. That's not good. Defensively, the Thunder in the top half of the league at 14th. That's impressive. And Dallas, as we know, have played tr- tremendously the last two months. They're all the way up to 5th. So the dilemma is buy up for Luca or don't buy up for Luca. Perfect spot here. No Porzingis usage. Not that Doncic's numbers go way down when Porzingis plays. That's a, a myth. Um, but, you know, against an Oklahoma City team, if they keep it close at all, uh, you would think Luca would go bonkers. He is 11 6. It's very tempting, but I'm not crazy about the pace here. I'm not crazy about the fact that, uh, you know, this game could blow out. It's in Dallas as well. Um, I don't know, though. It's probably going to be a very low attended game because of the winter storm coming tonight. I don't think you're going to see they're telling people to stay off the streets, but that's Dallas. I mean, I'm from Western PA Snowbelt where we get two, three feet of snow. We're literally supposed to have some ice and like an inch and a half, but they're still shutting everything down. So I love Dallas. Um, I just don't know. I think, you know, maybe the lack of crowd, you know, hurts the Mavs a little bit. Uh, we'll see. There's a lot of different things that can go right or wrong here to keep this game close enough. If it does get a good run for Luca in here, uh, I think he's a great pay up at 11, six. Uh, he did have an assortment of injuries, including that bit of a stiff neck, but he's always, I love Luca and sorry to badmouth him there, Dirk. I know he's your brother, but Luca does whine about a lot of injuries. It gets a little annoying, but uh, he does have a bit of a stiff neck and who else, what else, you know, that he has going on, but I'm still considering as a pay up option here. I mean, if you happen to, the game does happen to blow out and they pull him early. 
Hopefully he's the reason that the game blows out. Um, I do like Jalen Brunson a lot, though. He's only 6'4", so you're almost getting him at half price to, to Luka, and he certainly has to be the secondary scorer uh, with Porzingis out. So I think he's a great play. You know, if you want to mess with with Finney Smith at 4-4, Maxi Kleba 4-1, Powell 3-2, or Reggie Bullock 3-9, those would be the options for the cheap guys that could step up against uh, this Thunder team. But a lot of risk with those guys. I'd say more GPP plays up and down. Maxi's been the best of that group for sure this past week. And if I had to go to one value play on Dallas, it would be 4-1 Maxi Kleba. On the Thunder side, I mean, you've got two guys to me that you want to look at immediately. Josh Giddy at 7-9 and Lou Dort at 6-5. Those are the two guys that are going to have the ball the most, score the most, the most opportunity. Those are also the two guys that have benefited the most when SGA has been out. But the problem is they're going against a tough Dallas team in a slow pace, and that makes it really tough. After that, I would not play anybody else on this team, even in a GPP. It is up. They're sending guys up and down constantly to the G League. They're rotating a bunch of guys. If you play Trey Mann, Aaron Wiggins, JRE, Baisley, Williams, Muscala, Jerome, Favors, Maladone, uh, Pokacheski, any of those guys, good luck. First of all, you got to look up and find out which ones are up and down from the G League because all the bunch of those guys have been moving up and down. And when they're there, they all rotate. So for me, when SGA is in, he's a great play. If not, Gideon Dorter, great plays. After that, I would not touch another player on the Thunder with a 10-foot pole. So I think I'm pretty clear on that one. All right, um, let's move on to the three late games. A little after hours potential here tonight. We'll have to float that around Discord and see if some of our Coach Talk members would like a bonus after hours a slate. We have rarely lately gotten three games that start at 10 Eastern or later, so I think that may be in the mix. We have a t the first 10 o'clock game is the Brooklyn Nets versus Sacramento Kings. Brooklyn minus four, 231 and a half total, 117.75 for Brooklyn, 113.75 for the Sacramento Kings. Brooklyn comes in 29 and 21, Sacramento 18 and 34. Uh, for Brooklyn, we know LaMarcus Aldridge out, Durant out, Harris and Millsap also out. For Sacramento, for the fifth game in a row, we have De'Aaron Fox as questionable. He's got to play one of these games. So let's keep an eye on that. No clue which way that is, is heading. We know Bagley and Davis are out. Davis actually had wrist surgery. He'll be out for quite some time. So uh, again, that Fox News is going to be huge because it makes Halliburton dive up to, you know, close to the top of the list if Fox sits. Statistically speaking here, lots more into the bag. Brooklyn's second night of a back-to-back. Sacramento's first night of a back-to-back. -back. So that makes it doubly as difficult to determine this game. Pace-wise, it's good. Sixth and tenth, so two top ten pace teams, which you don't have much of that tonight. Defensively, Brooklyn 13th, Sacramento poor at 28. So looking at this game, you've got the obvious. Do you go Harden 11-2? Kyrie's all the way up to 10-1. So now you've got two big price guys. So when Durant comes back, 
if it stays like this, you're going to have three 10K or plus guys on the same team. That does not happen, happen very often, if ever. So, you know, you can pay up for Harden, can pay up for Irving, or not pay up for either one. The secondary choices aren't bad. And Patty Mills at 5'8", although how many, you know, how many shots does he get up with Harden and Irving in there? Uh, Kessler Edwards at four five is not, you know, sometimes he gets close to his number, nothing smashing. Uh, they have Nick Claxton plugged in as the starting center, but there's still a bunch of options and split time there. You've seen James Johnson and De'Aaron Sharp and Blake Griffin. So a little bit concerned about the split minutes at the bigs and the forward spot. So to me, it's, you know, if you want to value a uh, play with Brooklyn, you could hope Patty gets there. Or you can pay up for Harden. A little more favoritism to him than Irving uh, at this moment. As far as Sacramento goes, if Fox is out, Halliburton at 8-5 is a great play. If Fox is in, not sure I'd go with him. He probably is going to be on some type of a minutes restriction. Uh, after that, though, they do have some cheap options. Uh, Harrison Barnes at 6-3, no Bagley in there. So that elevates Rashawn Holmes a little bit at 5K. Don't want Maurice Harkless in there at all. But, you know, you do have some potential with 5-3 Buddy Hilt. He should have a, a much bigger role with that extra spot in the lineup opening up with Bagley. Uh, pretty simple. If Fox is out, Davion Mitchell becomes really a reasonable play at 4-9. But if Fox is in, I would not choose to go there. The other guy that could uh, jump up here is Metu. He may get some of those Bagley minutes. Unless they go smaller with Harkless, uh, that, that'd be the decision to make there. And Metu's only 3-8. All right, uh, the other 10 o'clock game, and then we also have a 10-30 game. So great late slate tonight. Going to have to make a little extra coffee. 10 p.m., Denver Nuggets, Utah Jazz. Utah's favored by 2.5, 223 total. This has been a good series uh, between these two teams. Uh, there, it's it's always fun watching them bang heads. Denver's one ten point two five, Utah one twelve point seven five. So interesting here. Uh, this is a game I definitely want to catch some of. Nuggets are twenty eight and twenty two, Utah thirty and twenty one. Uh, Demarcus Cousins is questionable to back up the Joker. Then Kanchar and Murray are out. For Utah, you've got Forrest questionable, and then the big news is Whiteside questionable because we already know Gobert, House, and Mitchell are out. So it becomes a whole different situation if Whiteside sits here. Uh, definitely some value to be found in this uh, you know, game, and it's a 223 total, which is very fair. It is going to be a little tougher for Denver. On the, they're on a second night of a back-to-back. -back. It is an island game for Utah. Pace-wise, Denver 20, Utah 14. Defense, Denver 18, Utah 12. So pretty even stuff there one way or the other. Uh, as far as the Nuggets on the second night of a back-to-back, -back, you do get some cheap prices. Will Barton at 5.7, Jeff Green at 3.8, Aaron Gordon at 5.8. I think those are all very fair. Uh, Joker, you know, if you want to spend that payup, if they don't have Whiteside, and they don't have Gobert if Whiteside doesn't play, man, I don't know how they're going to stop Joker at all. They're going to have to play some zone, or they're going to have to really double him like crazy, which we know, you know, if they do that, he'll have 15 assists. 
So the Joker is very tempting. I personally, though, you know, I mentioned it the other day, Whiteside's man-to-man defense on a center is not good. He's got a reputation of a shot blocker, which, yeah, he's blocked a lot of shots in his career, but it's definitely on secondary help when he's going against a weaker center and he can focus on getting in the paint and helping. He gets a lot of defensive three-second calls because he's always wanting to lope in the middle and get that, you know, off-ball block. But as far as head-to-head, I think Joker would just absolutely destroy him anyway. So Joker is high on my list. If I don't go to Luca for buy-up, I'd go to the Joker, even on a back-to-back. I know he has a sore toe, and he was questionable yesterday and ended up playing. I think he's okay. He's a tough guy, so certainly a, a big option. Where I think it's gotten muddy for Denver is all these rotational guys now that they're playing with Morris, Forbes, Najee, Rivers, Bones Highlands made a difference. Cousins, if he's back in the mix, Compazzo still sees the floor a little bit. Uh, you know, they may even flash a little Michael Green. So it does lessen some of the other Denver guys. But I do think, you know, if Bones is going to get minutes at 3-9, might not be a bad play, but it's it's risky. Barton's definitely a lot safer at 5-7, which is a good price for him. Same thing with Gordon at 5-8. He can have some good games in there. Um, I have gone to Je- Jeff Green a few times at 3-8. But so, you know, you could come out with you know, with Joker and another nugget. There's no doubt about it. On the Utah side, again, we need that news on white side because who does that bring into play? Is it Pascal? Uh, you know, who's it going to be? Azubuki? I mean, there's a lot of options that they have. Or do they play small? You know, you're going to get Royce O'Neal at the fives for some time again. Uh, you know, we'll see if that bumps up Clarkson at 6'4 or not. Uh, Trent Forrest as 3K minimum, I think, is a nice play. I think he's a guy that if you really want to buy down somewhere, he should get a decent amount of minutes. Uh, definitely a GPP option for sure. Maybe even sneaking in uh, the very end of a uh, cash option, especially on the late three-game slate. Conley at 7K, Bogdanovich 6-2, fair enough. Uh, so, you know, having some exposure to this game, 223 total should be close, uh, I think is very interesting, but we'll shuffle it all out when we get final news on Whiteside. All right, final game, 10:30, third of that late after-hour slate. It's the Portland Trailblazers at the LA Lakers. Lakers are favored by three and a half, 222 and a half total on 222.22. So interesting that that 220 might be the number to play. Maybe this is the key game. Who knows? It is uh, Portland 109 and a half, Lakers 113. So decent numbers on both sides. Portland comes in 21 and 30, LA 24 and 27. Injuries, Nurkic and Simons probable. So that's huge. Ellaby questionable. Watford questionable guys that are out Lillard Nance and Zeller for the Lakers Malik Monk and Anthony Davis probable that's very important um we know that uh LeBron James is doubtful I'm not counting him in I think he sits and Kendrick Nunn remains out so statistically both uh Both teams can score the ball. It is the first night of a back-to-back for the Lakers, so you wonder how that's going to affect especially uh, Anthony Davis. 
So we need to do a little more uh, studying on that piece. But coming into the game, Lakers are the second fastest team in the league. Portland 19th. Defensively, Lakers 17th, not good. And Portland horrible at 29th. So there will be a possessions. There will be points scored here. And definitely would like to have, uh, you know, a little bit of, of uh, each of these teams possibly even as one-offs. Simons at 6-5 is cheap for what he's done. McCollum now at 8-1, becoming a little bit tougher. Powell at 6-3, Covington 5-4, Nurkic 8-flat. Uh, all playable commodities, though. I like their group. They play... Uh, they're not playing a super deep bench, and if they don't have Ellaby and Watford, that'll make it even a little bit thinner. Um, but, you know, I could see easily getting to one or two of these Trailblazers starters. On the Lakers side, Russ is 9-4. Again, you know, risky, but he can certainly have the highest game on the board. Malik Monk at 5-3 has been very solid coming off another huge game. Avery Bradley at 3-1, no thank you. Stanley Johnson at 3-6, no thank you. And I know a lot of people play Stanley. I can't do it. Anthony Davis at 10-2. Does he play the full load of minutes? If he does, absolutely playable here if they're going to go after to win this game, which they need to start getting some wins. So Davis is definitely on my radar at 10-2. I like that price. You can save a couple of grand off of, of guys like the Joker and such. So uh, something that I still have to decide, but is definitely in play for me. Bench-wise, you know, without LeBron, that opens up usage in minutes for guys like Carmelo Anthony. He would be the number one guy off the bench that I would look at. Uh, maybe GPP, as you can look at a Reeves or THT, uh, but I'm not going to go there. So I think the Lakers go with the small lineup. Don't play the extra big. I think AD plays the five, uh, which I really like, especially if he's going to be alongside Stanley Johnson at the pseudo four spot. So he should get, Davis should get tons of rebounds and all kinds of activity. Only problem is if somehow the game gets a little out of hand either way, I know, you know, they're going to want to try to have Davis for tomorrow night, but Right now, if it was if it was uh, five minutes to lock, Anthony Davis uh, would make my lineups. All right, that is it. Nine up, nine down. We hit them all. Uh, really appreciate everybody listening in. I hope this gives you a huge help in building your rosters. Check out our PGA podcast posting this afternoon for uh, the Pebble Beach tournament. That's going to be awesome. And then uh, I'll definitely be back tomorrow. It, uh, it should be a fun slate tomorrow as well. NBA's done a good job this week spreading the games up, giving us uh, really good slates all over the place. So fantastic night. I hope we all just absolutely get after it and get it done. Appreciate again uh, listening in. Have a great Wednesday hump day here. Uh, enjoy your day. And we'll definitely be back again tomorrow when we look to crush it in NBA DFS.